Hey guys, just a little heads up before we get started here. Uh, me and Tommy are doing a live Stand By Your Band Battle of the Bands at Union Hall this very Sunday. That's January 13th at 8 p.m. And whoo doggy, this is a banger. Who we got there, Tommy? Nikki Glazer. Holy moly. Melissa Villasenor. From Saturday Night Live. She's going to be fresh. <laughs> She's going to be walking out the doors, the hollowed doors of Saturday Night Live at 30 Rockefeller to come to our little show. Uh, our big show with uh, Martin Urbano, <laughs> Sean Donnelly, uh, Shalewa Sharp, Anthony DeVito, Caitlin Palufo, and of course, the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Who could forget <laughs> the rest? I think that's all of it. Yeah, that, that sounds good. That sounds like a good uh, number of people that we have. Anyway, <laughs> it's going to be a great show. Uh, we're going to have a, a bunch of great bands defended. Uh, we got like Train. In sync versus Backstreet Boys. Who could be better? Who could have more fun? JP McDaid and Christy Chello. JP McDaid and Christy Chello will also be there. <laughs> who could the forget? Rest. We were... <laughs> and who's better than the rest? Nobody. The best? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Tickets are cheap as hell. Uh, you can get them on Union Hall's website. Uh, they're 7 bucks in advance, $10 day of. But yeah, 8 p.m. It's going to be a hell of a time, and we'd love to see you. Uh, and we're going to record it. So, you know, come out, be a part of the live audience. Uh, prizes, all that shit, fill out a bracket. Uh, I, think that, I think that covers it. Yeah. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. I can sing real soft. I can sing real loud too. I I love a girl. She left me sad and blue and too and you and shoe and boob. And I can sing like this. And I will wake up all my neighbor's kids. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stand By Your Band. Uh, I am Tom Takar, the dog of Wolf Street. No, the wolf of Dog Street. How could I forget? Uh, and I'm, of course, joined by the Prince of Snarkness, Tommy McNamara. Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year. Wow. This is, this is our first record in like three weeks. That's crazy. Yeah. It feels like uh, only four weeks ago. <laughs> it feels like forever, man. I will say a quick note. That was a, a guy doing a parody of Mumford and Sons. Yeah, that wasn't actually Mumford. It's so, it's, it sounds just like them, right? I think that they tune their <sighs> guitars better. <laughs> Look, we're not criticizing this man. I should give him credit, uh, but I won't. Uh, No, uh, let's see. I looked him up. God damn it! Why did I forget to do this? This was like a a whole thing. Oh Oh, no, he's getting shot. (laughs) Uh, This man's name is Dion Barry. Uh, This is uh, what some might call a viral. Video. Did it go? Uh, what, what kind of views we talking? We're talking. Uh, I mean, it's got 3.2 million views. What? I mean, yeah, I don't know what you call viral, buddy. But uh, if I had uh, 3.2 million dollars, I'd say that'd be a viral amount of money. I'd uh, agree. Let's introduce our guest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have the hilarious Alex Edelman here. Hey guys, uh, how you doing, buddy? Good. Hey Tom, Tommy. 
Hi, Prince of Snarkness. <laughs> That's my favorite. I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, they're doing like, a, they must have recorded this one around Halloween or something like that. Just a little nope. Halloween name. And then there was a gruel pun. And I was like, boy, uh, well, good. One episode, Halloween. And then I heard another one. And he's like, Prince of Snarkness. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess ev- they record every episode around Halloween or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That's the only viable excuse. That for, is uh, the vibe. <laughs> yeah, that is the truth. We, we have been recording. I was saying booerns. It's, <laughs> it's been a hundred Halloweens that we've yeah. recorded. On every um, episode is Halloween. This is a spooky. Show. I am very. I'm excited to defend to defend Mumford and Sons. To be. T- we're talking Mumford and Sons. Let's let's say it right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, we're excited to talk about it. You pitched a lot of bands, and we we decided that Mumford was the most hated and made the most sense for this very show. Y- yeah, we were gonna do others, but I won't mention them for yeah. Because we'll good save grace. them just in case we decide to do them later. Yeah, there's some fun options. But boy, but, Mumford know. and sons let's that. let's get into them but first let's get into you how you how you been friend good man you've been, been traveling, traveling a bunch oh man i've been touring this one show um, oh can i plug can i Please, plug too yeah. i'm doing plug I'm away doing this, i went to this meeting of nazis in long island city back in february mm-hmm. and, and so you want to plug their event yeah i want to <laughs> plug these nazis they meet at Actually, have the address. The no, I probably shouldn't say that. Yeah, <laughs> in the creek in the cave after the open mic. Rebecca will do anything to sell some Mexican food. <laughs> so they don't. No, it's uh, they they uh, yeah. I went to this meeting of Nazis, and I've been talking about it since February, and I've been doing it at a bunch of festivals. I'm doing once at the Virgil on January 30th, and once at Sketchfest in San Francisco oh, on one twenty. Hell yeah, we got some piss freaks in uh, in the SF. Oh, Go check man. them out, please, please do because I don't know how many fans are dying to see some comedy about a meeting of nazis that sounds really interesting yeah Yeah. it was it was cool it's been it's been cool uh touring but touring this but i've been dog tired i did like a month in australia i did like three months of touring in the uk wow i'm gonna go back to the uk for a few more months of touring the same show at the end of the year and you know like it's just been uh and then i was in show oh dude i went to charlotte north carolina and and, um i was bored one i was bored like during the daytime for a show, and I took a karate class. Oh wow! At this karate dojo. I put on like an Instagram story. It was like real cute content. Yeah, you do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I do a lot of stuff. <laughs> Good interviewing, Tom. No, yeah. Hey, no, you do a lot of things, yeah, right? I do what are do some a lot of the stuff. things that you do? I do a lot of stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Barbara. But I, <laughs> what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you do, uh, M- Mr. Dalai Lama. You do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, no, but I, what I mean, you know what I mean. A lot yeah, of comics will just hang out, hung o- hung over playing 2K in their hotel rooms on their Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I don't want to name any names, you, but uh, yeah, you. myself. But I mentioned this to you on Nikki's radio, yes. on yours, Nikki's radio show. No, Nikki's. <laughs> Nikki's name is above the line, so yeah, That's I'll true. say it. But so um, yesterday, I was wa- or not yesterday, on Friday night, I was watching the news. And you're not going to believe this. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. I'm Donald watching the Trump news. Trump won the presidency. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really sad about Orange it. piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Original take. Um, but <laughs> Orange. <laughs> this guy in Charlotte mm-hmm. was trying to kidnap a lady. She ran into a karate dojo. And the sensei there beat her attacker senseless and held until the police arrived. And as I clicked on the link, I just knew. I just—it's the same dojo. 
It's the same sensei. So you met this guy. Ta- I'm not. I met this guy. It took a fucking classroom for two hours. Wow. Sensei Randall of Bushiken <laughs> Karate in North Charlotte in a, in a strip mall karate dojo what across hero. the street from the comedy condo. He's literally a badass. That's, That's amazing. That's crazy. Remember the crazy story? That's insane. So you've learned from a hero. I learned from a hero before he was a hero. So I'm cool. I'm really hipster. I was <laughs> I was into him before he was a hero. That is a good segue into Mumford and Sons. Too. Yeah, yeah it it really. You're is. a karate hipster. Oh, I heard a joke from a ten year old that why did the hipster burn his mouth on the pizza? Why? Because he bit into it before it was cool. Oh, nice. Uh, that, was that is good. <laughs> that's Damn, solid. that's solid. I'm like, did your mom tell you that joke? And he's like, no. My dad. <laughs> of course. Damn, that's good. That's a solid joke. That's a really good joke. If you get out of here now from this podcast, you've at least learned one shitty joke about hipsters. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Mumford and Sons. Mumford is and Sons, baby. I'm surprised. I was surprised to hear that you were into Mumford and Sons because it seems like you got you got your finger on the pulse, baby. Mumford and Sons has in one of my I'd say one of my defenses for uh, Mumford and Sons, and I can form a variously pronged. Um, defense for Mumford and Sons. We've never had a pronged defense. Oh yeah, usually people are just like, oh, but I like them. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not even half a prong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's barely. That's just a prong. <laughs> There's no. It's but a so, fork. But so what I would say is that not only I do thank you for saying I have my finger on the pulse. I would. Uh, I don't know, but I do think that Mumford and Sons they have been the pulse for a long time, and if you like this sort of revivalist music and lots of people don't, which I think accounts for like a lot of the hate from um, for them. I think you have to at least appreciate all of the bands that have come out of Mumford and Sons because they have been influenced by bands that are firmly in the tradition of American yeah. music, Americana, um, uh, you know, uh, stuff that people like, stuff that savvy people like, smart smart people, sure. singer songwriter, folksy stuff, and they're and on the back end, they've informed people like Nathan Rateliff or Bears Den or anyone yeah. who plays a guitar in any way similar to that guy that was making fun sure. of them. Like they have, they have made the and they. They boomed that music into. They're one of the most popular bands. They made it more popular because, like, it it was definitely being done before them. Totally, but like, uh, they made it more accessible. And they were like, so apparently, what happened was Marcus Mumford, um, who's the only one I think he's the only Mumford. Mumford. Yeah. they were watching, or they were influenced by the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack. Wow. Which is the oh. T-Bone Burnett soundtrack. And then they found old Crow Medicine show and Emmylou Harris. And so that's the tradition of music that they were making. But there was like an East London and um, Shepherd's Bush, which in West London, which was in, is in West London. Uh, there is and w- there is a like very, very healthy and well-attended and sort of surprising uk americana music scene mm-hmm. and so they came out of that and obviously they've been it's like patron saint since then but like yeah those guys like were very much uh those yeah you're right those guys are in the continuum of like bob dylan and like you know the people that have come after him well it's crazy how full circle that went in a couple of ways one because uh, a coen brothers movie and then marcus mumford wrote the music for inside lewin davis yeah, wrote the song that is crazy and, and, and then burnett did the basement tapes burnett did the basement tapes with marcus as the you know as the lead voice for that and their big their huge breakout in the u.s is due to them playing on the grammys in 2009 i think i think it might have been 20 
10 or 11 even. Something like that with Bob Dylan. They played Maggie's Farm. Yeah. They played this big cross-generational Maggie's Farm. Let me double-check that because I was just reading about that. Uh, they were nominated that for Best New Artist. Thing. So um, it would have been Sign No More. And 2011 they, Grammy ceremony. Because uh, I think off. that's around the time that I got into them. And I was surprised that I hadn't heard that album before. Sure, it took everyone. It t- it really shocked people because like Sino I Moore is the first uh, that like was immediately a hit overseas. But, sure, um, over yeah, it took them a while to get some you know they get were, their message in the bottle across the pond. I think you know? actually the way that the British bands work is that if they blow up here, they really blow up at back in the UK. Mm-hmm. So everyone who blows up here then immediately blows back up in the. It's like yeah. Australia, but even more so like. Like, uh, you know, or the, it's weird because the Killers blew up in the UK first. Uh-huh. And so early ads for the Killers in the US said, um, see the band that the Brits think is the biggest band we're missing. Even though they were like Vegas that. Mormons. They were <laughs> Vegas Mormons. Well, they exploded in the UK because the yeah. UK loves that kind of like stadium filling music, mm. which is why they've had all these out. Like, if you like think YouTube. about big arena, think about, let's be honest, like fun anthemic music for white people. Like a lot Blair. of that has come at like Oasis, Coldplay, sure, sure. the Beatles, the Rolling Stones. Like, yeah. if there's an arena with a white band, maybe the in only it, time we'll hear all those bands in the same sentence. <laughs> really? I, mean, I think if you think, if you, I think guess it that, makes sense because yeah. they are arena. But yeah, I guess I, I feel like you don't hear Coldplay get mentioned with the Beatles. For sure, and even I guess that they should absolutely, and even the Killers, <laughs> which isn't a British band. Obviously, they're Mormons from Vegas, but like. You know, bands that hit big over there tend to mm. be big arena arena sound bands. They love they love their and it's weird with co- I, like I I hate to talk about Coldplay again because I know it. we've done it plenty of times. It's weird that that's what Coldplay became because that's not what they were to start out with. No, but they were ambitious, and I think they they didn't turn into that like anthem like or that arena rock shit until. Three to four albums in. I mean, I guess that's sure. Of like sound Milo Zelato is yeah. That really well, it. Viva La Vida was like their big jump into like we're gonna be U two now. Like sure. we want to be U two, <laughs> and I, they literally like got the same producer. Like, it was, yeah, they got it the big. They, got, they they pulled out the big guns, but I would argue that some of it works. Like Charlie Brown, which is a yeah. Coldplay song. I don't dislike Dun. all the new Coldplay. I don't. It's just interesting that they went from. It's just such a. I felt like it. It just jumped from what they were doing into something that, like, well, I like the whole. Well, they became so. They became so, and like Queen. Queen is another example of guys that were making music for. Now, who is Queen? No, <laughs> oh, no. This whole show. There's a new. There's a new movie out that will explain <laughs> it in a handy way. But the ending is really sad. <laughs> They sell out, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Bunch of sell out. <laughs> it's just a Coke commercial. Way, the I watched the movie. The amount of liberties that they take yeah. with like the actual story, I'm like, did Queen break up? Because they break up in the movie, and then I Google it, and I'm like, Queen didn't break up. Uh-huh. Queen never broke up. And he's like, I want to do the solo thing. And then, like, <laughs> that's not an amazing Freddie Mercury accent, <laughs> I'll give it to you. <laughs> that's also my Australian accent and my Scottish accent. <laughs> I want to do the solo thing. <laughs> they were like, I got straight AIDS. <laughs> oh it wasn't the normal oh kind. Oh God. <laughs> they see Christian Bale's speech he the other day. Christian Bale's speech 
at the Golden Globes yeah, last I night. Saw it. so it's funny. shocking because his whole career is American accent. He's like, I want to fuck everybody <laughs> that met me. Thanks, Adam McKay. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> Wait, Christian Bale? I knew he was foreign. I didn't know he sounded like that. It's crazy. He is like Cockney, yeah. Joel the Booster tweeted, he's like, I thought Christian Bale was doing a British accent and it made me furious. I saw Joel's tweet and that's the only reason I know what this is. I only follow Joel. In real life, I saw him tweet over shoulder in the coffee shop <laughs> but yeah i really i really like so sorry to bring it back to mumford like they they started this whole movement of revival of revivalist music or traditionalist or american mm-hmm. like and they brought it back not from the dead but like there were a whole bunch of fringe bands that were doing this for a long time and you can and and uh and yeah they popularized yeah this brand of music in a huge way and there's been a wave of interest and reinterest in sort of then you get uh, like the lumineers and yeah yes. totally yeah, well yeah. the so, lumineers i could see you hating more to be honest interesting mm-hmm. see i got into all this shit at the same time i which is weird cuz i was into like i was into like fleet foxes before that which isn't sure. quite the same but it's similar to me it's like it's like hipsters acting like they're like old, like they feel old or something. <laughs> what, what, it's weird. What? See, I would resist <laughs> that classification. So I like it boxes. though. I'm not. I'm not even really making fun of it because I, I do enjoy. I'm a sucker for it. Sure, but it feels like people who don't authentically, you know. So, <laughs> so my favorite mu- my favorite music person of all time in comedy. He's also a comedy person. This guy Eddie Gordetsky. He did Bob Dylan's radio show, the Theme Time Radio Hour, and he's also ran on a bunch of sitcoms. He was a Boston radio DJ, but he created the show Mom. He's really... Yes, I know Mom. I met him once, and I was so nervous. And he knows so much about music. He's famous for knowing all this stuff about music. And I I mentioned Mumford & Sons, or I wrote to him about Mumford & Sons. And he said to me, he's like, I'm not really a big fan of that revivalist stuff. Yeah. And so people who know... The traditions are people who actually know like T-Bone Burnett type music in a natural way. Some of them aren't crazy about like sort of this revivalist stuff in the same way that like I look at the Lumineers and I'm actually like, I'm not crazy about uh-huh. I'm not crazy about this, given that, you know, this is way more ca- weirdly, way more candid. Than I think I'd ever be about <laughs> like I don't love saying negative stuff about uh and I like, think it's just to, to me. I think I, it feels like whichever one you got into first would be the one that you like. Totally, because totally. I had that with like Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy when they first came out. It was like if I heard one of the other first, I think I wouldn't like the other one as the, much. The thing that made me dislike the Lumineers off the bat was seeing the two little girls on the television show Nashville cover that hey ho song, oh, and yeah. they they made them do it on the show like three or four times, and I. Freaking love the TV show Nashville. It's done by Kelly Kahuri, who's who did um, uh, who is an Oscar, I think, for um, Thelma and Louise. Oh wow! And like, is really really talented TV writer. And like, the show is so good. It's like the grand old soap opera, I guess you could call. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, um, I really just seeing these two girls sing like and Bowery, like it made me so upset. <laughs> like it was so cute. It made me really, really dislike them. Like, you can't just steal American country music and down to uh-huh. down to Maisie and Lennon. Yeah, the names yeah. of the girls singing. I'm like, oh, no. Maisie and Lennon can't be singing this <laughs> on Nashville for the third time, so they can fill the 43rd minute of screen. Have but you it, seen her yeah. spinoff, Marvelous Mrs. Maisie? Yeah, <laughs> I hate this joke. <laughs> I want to go on record as hating this joke. 
The Prince of Snarkness, indeed. <laughs> the Damn. Dark Prince of Snarkness. But yeah, I mean, like you said, they've gone full circle, Mumford and Sons. They've the basement tapes, which is uh, t- is is that common knowledge? I guess the new basement tapes. I don't think I so. I remember it, especially that song. Uh, let's play it. Let's play Kansas City. Oh, uh, sweet. So it's a really cool project where there was all these un, these Bob Dylan lyrics that they found that he'd never put to music. Or bad uh, demos that were on the or, yeah. or something. And then he, the, T-Bone Burnett just kind of assembled this group of musicians. And T-Bone Burnett is one of my like five favorite musicians. Oh, yeah. I listen to you time and time again Oh yeah While you tell me just what's right Sorry, I'll try to avoid mumbling You tell me a thousand things a day Then sleep somewhere else in the night Going back to Kansas City And I love you to you yeah, that's a good song. That's a good time. I mean, T Bone is so good. Have you seen him in the Larry Sanders show? No. Oh, he is great. He's. I need to go back and rewatch the Larry Sanders show. It is, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. It is so funny. I was thinking of a joke the other day because uh, Colin Quinn plays like the son of the producer Rip Torn. Uh huh. And. Uh, and every line of the episode, I'm not kidding, is one of the funniest lines of television. Like, every line that Colin Quinn is involved in. Um, and some of it's, like, not super politically correct. And the kid's a loser, and he's the only one who doesn't respect Larry Sanders. And he walks into Larry Sanders' office, and he's got a trophy that's a golden peanut. And he points at it, and he goes, what's this? And Larry Sanders uh, looks up at it, looks up at it, and Rip Torn goes, "Ah, Cully, my boy! In 1988, the Peanut Growers Association of America named Larry their Nut of the Year." And Larry Sanders goes, "Yeah, I was pretty nutty in the 80s." And then Colin Quinn, there's like a dead silence, and he doesn't laugh. He just looks at Larry Sanders. He just goes, "Ugh, you proud of that?" <laughs> It's <laughs> like great. so lacerating. <laughs> I gotta go back but, to that. Yeah, T Bone's on T Bone Burnett is on the show singing something and and he's really funny and like he's behind so much of this stuff that if you're listening to this and you don't know who he is, he's behind so much of it. If there's something with a guitar in a movie that you so like T Bone yeah, yeah. did it. Mm-hmm. Like I think he did Crazy uh, Heart. Crazy Heart with um oh gosh, that he's an he's an he's not an egot, but he's he's an ego, I think. Mm-hmm. He's definitely got the O. Uh, he's definitely got the Oscar for, sure. for, for yeah, some yeah. for some stuff. And I'm a huge T Bone Burnett fan. So he got all these musicians together, some really great musicians with Mark as well for the line too. Yeah, of course. I mean, of like, course. he's a genius. People respect him, and he, mm-hmm. he hasn't put out, I think, a solo album since, like, 1982, right? Like, what's his... Yeah, I think that is... He is one of those towering figures in music. Oh, you know, totally. Yeah, he and he's literally a tall guy, apparently. I think mm-hmm. him and... I can't remember if he's married to Alison Somebody. That is right. Is he? I believe that's right. What is it? What is it? Just Scroll down, to. It's in... No, really like, where's personal life? God personal life. I'm just going to search Krauss. Yeah, yeah. The bluegrass. Uh, it says in which he united. Oh wait, wait, wait. Maybe not. Da, da, producing da, da. Robert Plant, Allison Krauss. Here, keep going down. I mean, Harris just has work in films. Can films. Oh, so no. Oh I no, guess I guess not. not. But he's been. He's done a lot of stuff with Elvis Costello, and he's uh, and he's a really well-regarded guy. And putting all these people together to do Dylan stuff. I think Dylan 
um, speaking at the risk of, I think Dylan is comfortable with Mumford and Sons as sort of as sort of being sit, them being situated squarely behind them. And they've also fulfilled a promise that met, I think a lot of people um, in the '80s and '90s, and I'll avoid mentioning names, but a lot of people in the '80s and '90s were held up as next Dylan. And I think Mumford and Sons were the only people, maybe maybe because they started the revivalist movement, who were held up as sort of in the spirit of Dylan. Um, and then sort of being seemingly given that co-sign by doing that Maggie's Farm with the Abbott brothers and um, and, and Dylan himself. The, the Abbott Grammys. brothers, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's who I was going to say. Is They're like, so good. I, I came from a... I prefer the Abbott brothers a little more. I just I feel like their catalog's a little deeper. Oh, they're like, so good. They feel a little more... I don't know what it is, because it's not like these guys are... Like industry produced or something like that. No, Mumford's they did. They're pop arcade really fire. Fast, they're though. arcade fire produced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they and they just blew really fast. But like something about the, I, there was something nicer. To, there was more to dig your teeth into with the Avid Brothers for me. I mean, I hear that. You listen to the Head and the Heart also. I got into that. Yeah, the Head and like, the Heart is. I saw them live a few. Um, that song "Happiness Is Not a Place." Uh huh. I don't want to be here. No. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they. Th- I saw them live in a small club. Um, after a show, I did a show at Duke, and my friend Jesse uh, Rubin, who's a really, who's a really um, great musician, said, "I'm opening for the Head of the Heart tonight." And so crazy. I went down to this tiny club in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh-huh. and they absolutely blew the roof off the place. It was yeah. so, it was so good. But like, they're very much in the spirit of Mumford and Sons. Sure, like, no, that's the thing. All these bands got me into the other one. Like, they all sure. got me into each other a little bit. Tommy, did you? Were you into any of this shit? Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Uh... I remember I got into Mumford and Sons first because I was working at WFNX for a summer. Oh, the, uh, Boston that's great! Right. I knew that. Yeah, I, yeah. I've known. I've heard you mention it before on the podcast. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah. But like, and I that forgot. was like the summer they broke. Was the summer I was working w- there. So listen to them all the time. And uh, but I remember I got really annoyed with. Yeah, I loved the song and I I loved it then. But I got so sick of Little Lion Man What's because I had to. You had to bleep sure. it. Well, I well I had to edit their podcast and they wanted to use it as the outro for every podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I would just have to listen to the chorus like. 50 times in a row and sure. it was the bleep version and they bleep it in a really annoying way too yeah yeah is that the, i really fucked it yeah but they they, they, they did one of those edits where it's like crashing glass instead really? of saying fuck you. Oh, yeah, that's like, so oh, much it, was, worse. it drove me crazy yeah just violence yeah <laughs> let's skip forward this is a great song though this is i oh, love so it. good this is from sino one yeah i think this was their first lead single i'm pretty sure yeah it was this one was huge I didn't feel like I hadn't heard anything like it. But you hear in the background that subtle. Weak for yourself, my mind. You'll never be oh. what is in your heart. I haven't listened to this song for a bit, so I'm like enjoying it. The bridge for this is pretty solid, though. Yeah. I'm going to skip up a little bit. Sure. Sounds like thing. Everyone in this band is a really good m- musician. Yeah, yeah. Teddy Mumford Dwayne is a great musician. Mumford's he, he plays multiple instruments well. Totally, but Teddy Dwayne is a star, and Winston Marshall's a star. Like all these guys are really, really solid. They play instruments I've never even heard of. Like the Dobro, the Dobro. Yeah. The, no, the Dobro. Is that a, a, like a bro fan of the Doughboys? What is that? <laughs> Uh, Country Winston plays the Dabro. Country Winston. That's Winston Marshall. I think, right? The White Winston, of course. Yeah, 
<laughs> insert the crashing glass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to say, uh, so regarding the surprising F-bomb in the chorus, I really fucked it up this time. Marcus Mumford said, we weren't even going to put the song on the album. There were industry people asking, is there any way you can write a different word? We'll do anything. <laughs> he said, and he was like, anything? It was a casting couch video. Do you have a Dabro that we can play? Uh, then he said, uh, we tried. We tried it. And it. It was just horrible. It didn't work at all. But now I have my parents agreeing with me as well. My mom's justifying it to people. There's no other word that fits. It has to be that one. I really messed it up this yeah. time. Right, which, that by the way, I think was work. the radio. Wasn't there a radio version? That's I think they did do one like that. That is so funny that, yeah, messed up. I really screwed it up. I, no, I, that no. Been, I yeah, really love, I really love, by the way, radio edits of uh, people would relentlessly edit killer songs, which made me crazy because the killers do these pauses. And so I remember just listening to a, a pause. Um, what's, that? what's that? What's that song? Um, you sit there in your heartache, yeah, yeah, waiting yeah. on some beautiful girl too. They say that. So I remember listening to. Um, uh, I remember listening to it on the radio, and there was there's the there's a verse in there where it goes. They say the devil's water it ain't so sweet. You don't have to drink right now. And then there was a pause, and <laughs> they just added. K-Rock, but you can <laughs> go meet it. And it made me laugh. It was like, DJ. Yeah, it was Real. genuine. But like, there's a Viva La Vida. You were talking about Viva La Vida, the Coldplay album? Yeah. Somebody mashed it up with um, with a Jay-Z freelance, uh, with a Jay-Z freestyle freelance. I yeah. feel like the One of Jay-Z's freelance. freelance right? You know when Jay-Z freelances is... Uh, but there's a Jay-Z freestyle that they mashed up with Viva La Vida, and it's on a, there's a mashup album off it called Viva La Hova, which you can find somewhere online and is worth a listen. But, um, but there are so many producers um, that, like, in one of the bridges, they're like, Terry Urban. And, like, they get, you know, like, yeah, when, yeah. When, sexy when, woman. Yeah, yeah sexy yeah, woman yeah. saying the DJ name is Time like. to come. Yeah. Can I, tell you, can I tell you the most egregious one of these I heard the other sure. day on the radio? What is this? You're full of shit. WKRP. Would you hold my WKRP if I saw you at the Highlight Ballroom? <laughs> and I know there'll be no more Man Cow Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do a joke about how every how every morning radio DJ there was one guy who was the the role was one guy was horrible and the other guy was really cultured. It'd uh-huh. be like it would be like one guy's like Fraser Crane and the other's like in monsters. It'd be like you're listening to Jackknife in the Swan here. <laughs> <laughs> Jackknife in the Swan here. <laughs> um, before we get too much further in, I want to go ahead and listen to Jared's voicemail because I'm sure we've probably already talked about stuff that. He can't, wants to I can't discuss. Wait for As a listener, I can't wait. As a so, long-time listener, I can't wait for the. So, because it's been a, it's been a, been a while, 
um, we haven't uh, we haven't heard from Jared at least in the last episode. So if you're not familiar, in this segment, uh, the owner of the Comedy Attic in beautiful Bloomington, Indiana, where I will be January 17th through the 19th, running my Comedy Central Half Hour set. So come check that out. It's going to be a good time. I'm bringing some really great comics to open for me. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Jared, the owner of that very club, uh, you know, some might call him a hater of some of the music that we talk about on this show. And uh, this is our segment called They Went to Jared. What's up, y'all? This week they went to Jared. The boys are going to have a guest on defending Mumford & Sons. I'm on the Fast and the Furious ride right now uh, <laughs> at Universal. And uh, you can hear Tyrese in the background. He's being robbed by someone. Um Mumford and Sons. I think I just said Mumford. I can't really hear very well. Uh, the, oh, the uh, not the Rock, but the other one. Uh, he just showed up. Oh, there's the Rock. Um, Hobbs is one of the characters' names. Um, the guy who is in um, Pitch Black, whatever his name is, he's in this too. Um, anyway, so Mumford and Sons is horrible, um, musically they're really bad, um, but, uh, more importantly, this ride is really weird, nothing's really happening at the moment, there's just, there's like a scene going on, and, I don't know, it's really weird, um, people really hate, I will say this, people hate Mumford and Sons more than they should, they're, Certainly they're not good, but they're not nearly as bad as people think. All right. Thanks, guys. I, I now want the new thing for this year to be how crazy of a place can Jared record these That's voicemails a good in. challenge. Yeah, he the... told me that he was there. He said, I'm at Universal. I'll do my best. I want to say that uh, Fast and F- Furious ride is one of my favorite parts of Universal. Oh, wow. It's maybe my third favorite. It's uh, the Simpsons, then the Harry Potter. So and then, I want to defend the Fast and the Furious <laughs> ride. <laughs> I want to defend the Fast and the Furious ride. All right. First of Vin all, Diesel Jared. To think of. First of all, Jared, it's Vin Diesel. Yeah. You monster. You don't know who the... Really, how many Fast and the Furious movies are they going to have to make before you realize that it's Caprezio from Saving Private Ryan making... It? Making an uh. appearance in hologram. How are you not grateful to be on the Fast and the Furious ride? It's first of all, the ride's called Supercharged. So <laughs> use that. that. And it replaced the Beetlejuice ride. So were you really. Oh, man. Yeah, that's messed up. They replaced the Beetlejuice ride, which is the Beetlejuice's rock and roll uh, graveyard <laughs> review. And, uh, and it's an entirely new. Uh, it's like an entirely new plot and theme for Fast and the Furious, oh, and usually that's like billions of dollars worth of God budget. So you know what? Sorry. Like, like, what are you doing? Are you inter- are you interrupting my defense of the Fast and the Furious? I, this is the wrong with having these damn articles. It's got. Hold on, let me finish. It's got um, <laughs> Pepper's ghost in it. Not a lot of people because yeah. Pepper was killed in one of the, in mm-hmm. one of the previous installments. I mean, technically, look, the ride isn't canon. It's not actually part of the uh, Fast not? and the Furious. It's not part of the Fast and the Furious universe. It's, it's not amazing. considered canon. But um, I mean, it's got appearances from Dominic Toretto, um, Letty, Hobbs, 
Uh, and, oh, Owen Shaw, who's looking for revenge on Dominic. It's Owen huge. Owen Benjamin. Owen Benjamin. Are you triggered, buddy? <laughs> are you triggered? I guess I'll have to move to the mountains and do comedy. Uh, by the way, I Googled, uh, would you like to guess the title of Owen Benjamin's special? Unafraid. No. Ooh. Uh, I will give you a hint. It's the same title as... Dennis Miller's special and Joe Rogan's special. I actually special. know this because I saw something about it. Unapologetic or something? It might have been me. Yeah, what yeah, is yeah. it? No, it's triggered. Triggered. There are They're five all right comedians. <laughs> and by the way, That's crazy. Bill Maher's special was called Triggered was before, it t- I didn't know about before he, really, he renamed oh it God. Live from Oklahoma. Because, and you can bet anything that someone else besides Bill Maher made that decision. Uh, oh, yeah. They were like, we yeah, can't call it Triggered. For it there, for are, there are already four comedians who have specials in the name Trigger. One's Dennis Miller. The other is um, Joe Rogan. And between the two of those, that is Bill Maher's entire... That, that Venn diagram is pretty tight. Yeah. That Vin diesel It's a crescent moon. <laughs> yeah, that Vin, that Vin Diesel-gram. Which brings us back to Jared, you ungrateful man. <laughs> First of all, I agree with you. Mumford & Sons doesn't agree with nearly... I mean, there, weren't, there, wasn't, there wasn't a lot to argue with. No, Jared, you went easy on the... I mean, you seem distracted. Fair enough. You, that would have... What a, what a gem of a man to, yeah. to oh, that was sacrifice. Funny. That was so funny. You gotta though. wait in line to do these rides. He sacrificed part of his experience <laughs> to do this. That uh, was so much funnier than I It is I a am. long ride. <laughs> is, I'm so embarrassed that that was funnier than me. <laughs> when he was yeah. doing it, I was like, there's a better joke we than that. We gotta give Jared a list of what like the bands that we're going to do are so that he can go to different locations around the world <laughs> and we can play a where in the world is Jared. <laughs> guys, I'm a Magic Mountain and I just think that you guys are being uh, a bit unfair to Creed. So we, <laughs> we really need to up the Patreon if we're going to fly Jared to Abu yeah. Dhabi and shit. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Jared's like, I'm in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it was surprisingly vicious. easy to get here. All I had to do was smuggle some C4 onto an airplane. <laughs> and speaking of that, CB4, good movie. <laughs> the word I forgot the name of the band I wanted to say. God damn it! <laughs> who does the uh, who did Chile with Sharp defend? Uh, Red Red Wine. Yeah, uh, UB40. That's what I was trying to think of. Sean Patton did 311, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I was trying to think of UB40. My, first, first, really my first album was Three Doors Down, Away from the Sun. Oh, that's what you called it? That, that's what it's called. Away from the Sun is Three Doors Down. It wasn't 311. It was a band called Three Doors Down that no one remembers. Oh, no. Oh, we we did an episode about three, it. Yeah, really? Three Doors yeah. Down. Wow. Right? That is, to we me, did. that band is indefensible. Dan Sheehan. But, yeah, but that's I, right. But um, but yeah, sorry, let's go back to Mumford. And yeah, so let's go back to Mumford. We I, I took you off track there with There's, Jared's voicemail. I've got another reason to like Mumford and Sons, by yes. the way. Um, first of all, they're cool. They, have, uh, they do this thing called Gentlemen of the Road. Okay. Which is they make these stopover music festivals. They it's a mobile music festival that they bring to places that don't get a lot of business yeah. and attention and they put on these mobile music festivals and they're really cool. And uh and, and they have it documented by this guy Marcus Haney. Mm-hmm. And Haney, who I've never met, but I but like I seem to know like ten people who know this guy. Haney's thing is that he doesn't pay for music festival tickets or seek credentials he likes to sneak in that's like part of the experience ah. so like he snuck into the grammys when mumford and sons was nominated and won a whole bunch of stuff and he, he's done a film uh called no cameras allowed which i think is on the internet and it's really it's really cool he's just like a really cool guy um and and mumford has mumford like mumford organized this big thing for the grenfell fire um and like they're really politically interested uh, and so like 
I think as guys, they seem to be uh, they seem to be fairly decent folk, and they're interested in comedy. I've seen them in a few different like comedy shows. Oh, really? Yeah, I opened for Simon Amstel, and they were there. And afterwards, I was like, mm, I've heard he's incredible. Awesome. I've never seen. He's a really oh, yeah. dude, he's a really great comedian. Yeah, but yeah. like, I I also I've I didn't have a great conversation with Marcus Mumford because we were both in an altered state. That's but, what I like to hear. But I went to, a, I, I saw MGMT do one of the best festival sets I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? At Glastonbury. Oh my God. MGMT, MGMT puts on an absolutely incredible live show. It's so How good. How recent was this? Um, that was 2014 or 2015 uh, when I saw MGMT. But uh, no, it was amazing. 2014. But they were in this, and they put them on in a smaller. They could have put them on the main stage, but they put them on the second biggest stage. Yeah, and the place was overstuffed. It was a Saturday night. They absolutely crushed. And Kids is such a hit. And MGMT oh, yeah. travels with this guy whose name I can't remember, but he's like Catalonian or someone like that. And he live animates behind oh, them, yeah, so yeah. they've got a guy who they refer to as like the you know fifth or sixth member of their band or something, and he's constantly uh, he's constantly like messing around with yeah like, yeah, and it's it's just a really incredible show. Marcus Mumford was standing there with his g- girlfriend at the time, and and we're both watching the show, and I looked and I saw the hat, and I was like, I think that's Marcus Mumford, and man, I'm getting yeah. sold. I mean, I already I I'm not gonna pretend like I like hate Mumford and Sons or anything, but I'm I was I'm neutral still. I think oh sure, most people I are like I like what I'm hearing. I, you know, all I really need to hear is these comedy fan i'm like he sounds like a good guy <laughs> oh Come he would on. be he'd be aware of a lot of the folks that are in the same orbit as us but he's really tight so so when he was doing this he's the reason i know about them mm-hmm. i guess or i know about their background is because the comedy scene um uh, the comedy scene and the music scene in london are tied pretty tightly together so this yeah. east west london um music scene um sort of intersects with Laura Marling and Alfie Brown and uh, and um, King Charles, who I don't really like, who's a musician I really am, am not like uh, psyched about, but I've sort of come around to. Mm-hmm. But like comedy and music used to be like mixed together, and so some comedians have emceed their Gentlemen of the Road, uh, like road shows and in live concerts, and uh, they did a pop up tent in Glastonbury, which was a really small tent with like um, with some really great 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 musicians and like they they will call in their star power to play in like the middle of nowhere so uh, that places that never get music get that's, music that's really cool so yeah gentlemen um, of the road it's i want to say stuff. laura marling i love oh. uh her first album is incredible as i cannot swim and marcus mumford plays drums on it yes there so Damn. he he produces all cred. he produces all this stuff so one of the so i met him after amstel's thing and i was like we watched mgmt together and he brought up king charles He's like, oh, I'm producing this guy, King Charles's album. And I'm not exaggerating. I was like, oh, I don't like him. <laughs> you just said that to Yeah, him. I was like, I don't like him. Because <laughs> I had met him, and he was rude to another comic in front of me. Nah, I don't like that. And then, uh, and then I, I saw he was around. He, but to his, to his credit, he's really interested in comedy. And I met him again at the, at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival that year. And I was like, oh, dude, I ran to Marcus Mumford. He's producing an album. He's like, yeah, Marcus is amazing. And, and so, I mean, these guys have... These guys all work together. They're all really, really close, and yeah. like, and some of them have done really well. And Bears Den, who is um, a favorite of people who seem to not like Mumford and Sons, are really, really, really close with them. You'd love Bears Den. They're really fun. And- I'll check out Bears Den. I'll give. I'll give you that. <laughs> we should. Uh, so 
when you did mention that they were good politically, there's yes, something we have to bring up. We have up. a game. The for only you. controversy that comes up when you Google yeah, Mumford and Sons controversy. Yes, it is. Jordan yep. Peterson. Yeah. And, uh, the only thing that comes up when you Google Mumford and Sons controversy. This is the only truly blip the only on thing. There. They had a picture with Jordan Peterson. Is this and after Grunfall? This is like the after Grunfall thing, right? I heard about this too. Yeah, I I I, I think it was relatively recent. I think it was in yeah. August. There, the picture came out. And yeah, it, it was taken in May. I yeah. saw a really funny. I saw a really funny tweet about this. Which is said, um, I thought they were Tories, but I thought they were, my dad's a vicar Tory, not worried about white birth rates Tory. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, you replace the word Tory with Republican pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. But I think what it was, was they just had like an open house and someone invited Jordan Peterson. And it's one of these things where like, I think, I think. They uh, got asked about it. And they talked about it a little bit. Oh, were they, can I make a guess? So I only know that there was a photo, but can I make a guess what their... Sure. That they were like having were, open. I'll allow it. <laughs> were they having like open? They were having like, they're like, oh, we, we had an open door and I want to defend my band's right to like hear as many voices as possible. Cause I think I know one person in the band without throwing them under the bus who'd like be interested in that. And think, like, so what I read, what they seem to have spoken about with it is, uh, I, I think it was Mumford who said that he had read his books and mm-hmm. he was, he, agreed with his psychological ideas, but that he wasn't so sure about his like socio political shit. Sure. But he was open to it. He was like, We ha- we don't want to get political as a band. Yeah, they're really he was like, we we got into music to make music and not to be political. They've held is... that line for a long time, which is crazy. It's yeah. the exact opposite of Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't love yes. it. I, that is something that I'm not a huge fan of. But you know, it's not like they haven't been socially active. It's not like right. they don't do a shitload of stuff for charity. It's not like yeah. Mumford hasn't been the musician organizing the most stuff yeah. in the res- in response to this it, Grenfell fire, which sure. no one has, which no one has done, but yeah, I'm sure that they are squarely, yeah, they're probably squarely apolitical in terms of. Uh, well, we have a game that we've prepared <laughs> for you and the sure. listeners. You guys can play along, and the idea here is, uh, it's it's kind of like, are you more of a Jordan Peterson fan or <laughs> a Mumford and Sons fan? Is this like where? Is this like uh, where? Where someone was, oh, Pat Monahan on the on his Dave Matthews. I keep referencing that. Pat Monahan's Dave Matthews thing kept say, said that like this is a former put, episode. I think you talked about it off the off oh the off mic. the air. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said that he smuggled an anonymous quote from <laughs> Hitler into his yearbook, or he smuggled a quote from Hitler into his yearbook is it, by attributing it to anonymous. <laughs> so like, is this gonna be one of those things where it they're gonna be, be like, okay, it's Jordan yes. Peterson or who? It's or Mumford and Sons. Okay, so go who for said it. it? So the na- the name of the game is uh, Mumford and Sons are more deserving of places in the work or uh, more deserving of jobs in the workplace than daughters. Man, that was clunky. And you're gonna have to say that before every question. Yes, I am. <laughs> so is this a quote from Mumford and Sons or Jordan Peterson? Man is a giddy thing. That's Mumford and Sons. That is Mumford and Sons. Yeah, Tommy, do you want to play too? Are you willing to take the risk? <laughs> yeah, I'll play too. Okay. Uh, witches do exist. They just don't exist the way you think they exist. Mm. They certainly exist. That seems a little dreamy for Jordan Peterson, but... Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does, but I think it might be Jordan Peterson. I'm going to say Jordan Peterson, and he follows it by saying, and they're hunting me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, is Jordan, it is Jordan Peterson, and he is, of course, talking about women. <laughs> uh, of course. Of but it's he weird. Is. He has this whole quote where he's like, well, in movies, there's witches. By the way, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. By the way, I saw him speak, and he is such a scumbag. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of, I'm sure, I'm going to, 
a few people listening to this are going to be like, well, you shouldn't paint him with that. He is a bad dude, and he's like Ben Shapiro in that his arguments mostly consist of saying wrong things yeah. very quickly and confidently. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you know so Ben Shapiro is always like, he always talks like this, and then he finishes his points with like a stop. And so, like, uh-huh. so that sounds exactly. like he's smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds like, Ben Shapiro sounds like one of the smartest men in America. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I'm apolitical. Okay. I'm like Mumford and Sons. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, be more like the man you were made to be. I think that's Mumford and Sons. I say Jordan Peterson. That is Mumford and Sons. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, little trickster, Tom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next one is, the cure is enforced monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's uh, a hot mic moment from Marcus Mumford. Where, no, that's, yeah, no yeah. that's uh that's that's Jordan Peterson. Oh, you didn't let me finish. Oh, <laughs> that's no. got a cute rhyme. <laughs> no, that is that is. Uh, sorry, Tommy, I didn't let you. I just said and it. And the cures monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> Enforced monogamy. <laughs> That's where wow. I get to put my peepee. <laughs> I want to hear. I want to hear the context for that, but I don't want to hear the context for that. You know, like I. Wanna... Well, that was yeah. he, he was saying. It was like that was his cure for like incels committing violence. Yes, is that, that was exactly it. So there was a guy in Toronto who ran people over with a van because he was mad at God for women not for women rejecting him. And so this is what Jordan Peterson suggested: yeah. is that women be forced to do this. <laughs> women be forced. <laughs> Women be being forced to be <laughs> shopping. Uh, oh my god! Okay, what about this one? I got two more. Weep, little lion man. You're not as brave as you were at the start. Jordan Peterson. No, that's okay. Mumford and Sons. Okay, and the final one. Women do not deserve to have vaginas. Men should have both penises and vaginas so they can have sex with themselves without the need for women. You're kidding. That one's a trick question. That's just something I found in Tommy's journal. Oh. <laughs> Tommy, the Prince of Starkness. <laughs> the Prince Sorry, of Rampant Misogyny. <laughs> that might not have been a great Instagram I was trying video. To rec- I was trying to record Instagram video, and I'm going to say, the last few minutes have been tough for content. <laughs> uh, you won the game. <laughs> I got every single question. Uh, yeah, I know my did. Mumfords. You Do you it. know your Mumfords? I'm one of Mumfords' sons. Ooh. <laughs> or at least I'm a nephew or something like that. Oh, man. That'd be a fun name for the fans. Mumfords. The, the, the sons. <laughs> the sons. Oh, that is The good. sons. We, we should. should uh, let's, listen to a, yeah. let's listen to another song let's before we go to, to uh, Facebook. Cave. Let's, uh, let's hear Cave. Mm, can't wait to hear Casey James Solingo or somebody weigh in Ooh. on it. Hey, nice Casey James Salengo reference. I like Casey James Salengo, man. Everyone, he's really, Who doesn't? I don't want to be like, what if I just start shouting out <laughs> comics I really enjoy? <laughs> Name names of people you don't enjoy. Let me tell you who Let me tell you who uh, is my favorite comedian. Uh, Ryan Hamilton. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is The Cave. Dun, 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 dun. Am I allowed to talk over this? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. It's empty in the valley. No. So I love this song, but my fa- like I think that this is my favorite of their songs, and I think it's off Side No More, right? Is it yes, off? It's off Side No More, and I think it really captures sort of the uh, like I like the earnestness of Mumford and Sons. I like the try hardness of Mumford and Sons, and so like this song really captures it. And if you go to the bridge of this song, which is in, give it five or six seconds, but then go to two thirty or something. 
Two thirty. That's when I have my dentist appointment. Oh, shut up! <laughs> this is filled. How do you guys? How do you get laid? I really do have a dentist appointment tomorrow at two thirty. Actually, yeah, yeah. To say, cause I need freedom now, and I need to know how to live my life as it's meant to be. The hairs on the back of your arm go up. I love it. So they really go for it. And by the way, seeing that live in a small tent at Glastonbury is like one of the coolest moments of my life. Yeah. Oh, wow. And no, like, I can't imagine it. Like that that sounds incredible. It's and really, they, I heard that they I I can't remember who told me this, but that it was like right after one of their big concerts at like an arena. They it was like sold out so this person couldn't get in and then there was a small venue that they happened to be doing sure. a secret show at, like right around the corner after. I love that shit. They yeah. do that. The killers, by the way, to their credit, do that shit all the time. Arcade too. Fire do too. The, they yeah. did it in Chicago, they played in the lobby after the show. Oh, yeah, I mean afterwards like... with the killers you have to hear their Mormon message. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Hand out pamphlets and shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The only way to heaven is by buying a new album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but by the way, the like I actually think like these arena I love aspirational music that's aspirational musically. And I think what it comes down to, people hate the killers for their earnestness. And like, I think that's a big part of like, mm, I think that's a big like Gen X millennial divide, by the way. Like, I really like earnest music as long as it doesn't pretend to be something else. And so Mumford and Sons doesn't really pretend to be anything else. It is earnest music made by people in in like an old-timey tradition that's very open about its old-timiness and so like and so i don't think i don't think there's anything um uh, like bad about trying and a bunch of these newer bands that i really like like the 1975 um or you know uh, it's a great song but so that that song there was an there's a song on that album called sincerity is scary and like I think that really sums up sort of like the millennial mindset, which is Absolutely. that like you know like sincerity and earnestness, which is something that was it was really cool to affect a sort of like Brett Easton Ellis shithead, like uh, like disaffected uh, nature where the only interesting thing was ironic detachment. Like sure, you would hate Mumford and Sons. Yeah, but I think like, that that's not as I, I mean obviously the mainstream is always the mainstream, so I don't sure. think that that's like. It's attributed to millennials as a whole, but sure, sure, certainly for the cool, like what's what's hip or whatever. Sure, like I love earnest music too, but you know what I love more? Earnest movies. (laughs) Do you really? Earnest goes to camp. I knew you were going there. (laughs) I knew you were going there. <laughs> no, I want to say really quickly the about importance that song. of being earnest goes to Canva. <laughs> of course, uh, Adrian from Lansing, Michigan says, "I just don't understand this song. It's pleasant enough, but I don't get the meaning of it, so I don't like it on a deeper level." <laughs> mm. Thanks, Adrian. Fuck off, Adrian. Take the time to write that. <laughs> Adrian, oh, if you didn't, if we didn't like everything that you didn't understand, we'd have to hate everything. <laughs> okay, next comment. Except for East Lansing local politics. See. Take that, Lansing. Oh, I just want to roast individually everybody based on their comments <laughs> all right let's see if there's another one elizabeth from any town whoa any elizabeth town um 
says, this is such a good song, although I didn't like their performance at the Grammys. It was weak, man. It was weak, smiley face. Is she Cartman? (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth, I don't know where any town is, but you should fucking stay there because... (laughs) Go to no town. Savage, yeah. (laughs) Any town's wiped off the goddamn map. Damn. Roast don't did it on there. <laughs> Wait, these aren't our friends. These are no, no, that wasn't Facebook. Who are these? Who are these absolute shitheads? I don't respect <laughs> anybody. <are> randos. <laughs> these are random comments I found. I will say, uh, I have a very distinct memory of it being in college and uh, at the end of a party when everyone had cleared out. Me and like two of my male friends just like screaming along to that song at the end when it goes. And it oh, goes, it's so fun! Like, so, oh my god, that's uh, the best shit. And like yeah. I've I've referenced this before. This is a perfect time for me to be into earnestness because it was it was 2011 that i got into them that was right after i like got out of a really bad relationship and sure. i moved home and i was just i heard this was like the sort of music i would drive to and just scream in my car and also any band that could put fuck like can put fuck into their lyrics like i was I especially mainstream yeah mainstream. i really fucked up this time it was like right there but these two those two songs i would go back and play back and forth yeah. over sure. and over again so good um Let's see. Let's go to Facebook. We don't have a ton of Facebook comments because I posted a little late. Sure. Uh, but as always, uh, we're going to Facebook uh, because we do support Mark Zuckerberg. Everything as he always. does. Everything he says. <laughs> I love you, Mark. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Patrick Murray. I said uh, we're talking Mumford & Sons if anybody's got uh, thoughts. And by the way, if you want to join in on this in the future, add me on Facebook. Or I guess... I don't know how you would do this if you're not friends with me on Facebook. Should do it as a fan page. Make your own. Yeah, fan page. maybe we we'll make a that. fan page. What's it's your been almost, you know, it's been, <laughs> what's your problem? What's your problem? <laughs> I assume these are from the fan page, to be honest with you. No, these are, I just, it, I'm too, I, it's making a fan Come page. Come on, it's 2015 feels like for such Christ's sake. Make a thing. fan page. Yeah, it's true. All right, it's we'll make a fan page. If you guys, if we make a fan page, will you guys fucking join it? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be embarrassing. Don't we make a verbal contract. Just make the fan page. Make, make, like, oh. make the fan page. All right, we'll make a fan make, page. Make, make, make hey, a fan page. Make a fan page, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't make. to go. All right, let's keep going. I'm focusing you. And the fan page like. Sorry. Work, work, work. That's just the rest of the show. All right. I just want to, I wish you could, I wish there was a way of finding out exactly how many people turned off the podcast. Right at that moment. moment. Right at that moment. Uh, All right. Patrick Murray writes, trash. Thanks, Uh, Patrick. Justin Hill, uh, our good buddy, uh, wrote, I once had to sit through three hours sound check with them and Sam Smith, and it made me very mad at them. Three hours sound check. Damn, we're that's be why they're that so good. <laughs> that's why they're so good. A three hour sound check. Are you yeah, kidding wow. me? Yeah, we did a three hour sound check before this podcast today. <laughs> we rehearsed every one of these riffs. Uh, Alex Price uh, says, "I saw them after their first big record dropped at Deer Creek, and people were dressed like they were boarding the Titanic." <laughs> <laughs> that's very he said. Funny. Not a bad live show, though. To to be honest, it seems like that's most of the hate is fashion based. Absolutely, which yes. I think is kind of stupid. <laughs> What did uh, Liam? I sent it to you. What did Liam Gallagher from Oasis say? Oh, I was. It's, I didn't oh, realize you said that. Really I also love, looked this up. I love. He said Liam a couple different he things. Had a funny but burn. He said they look like fucking Amish people. <laughs> yep, you know it. them <laughs> ones with the big sideies that don't use electricity, <laughs> big growing sideies. their own food and putting barns up. <laughs> I want I want a Liam Gallagher dictionary where he <laughs> defines everything by which starts with you know them ones that hops around with the <laughs> with the big pouches on the front where they put little ones in there and you're like 
kangaroos? And he's like, yeah. And then they're like, he's like, you know the ones that are yellow and slippy? And you're like, bananas? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> you trip a like, Mario with them or something? You know the ones where your mom tells you not to look into them when they're on? And you're like, microwaves? And he's like, yeah. You know them ones. Before. Is that a thing? That yeah, just your mom. My mom <laughs> told me to stare into the microwave. My mom she, told me to put we, my head in one. We, we poked <laughs> a hole in our microwave, and I was supposed to stare into it as it, as it went. Um, yeah, we got a few more comments. You know here. them ones. <laughs> you know them ones. You know that uh, the sun, the big one, the ones that have you know uh, been all round, bright. hot thingy? <laughs> what with you burn your skin if you don't wear some screen? And you're like, the sun? He's like, yeah. <laughs> what with you know the one that ha- that has an effect on moons and periods, and you're like the moon. He's like, yeah. <laughs> you know the ones that are buried in a in a in a tomb and they have a, they're wrapped in toilet paper. <laughs> you're like the, the mummies. <laughs> yeah. We are a Halloween themed podcast. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, all right, let's hear. Oh, but for the Amish, for the Amish, yeah, yeah. The, the hate is. Uh, eh, they dress like revivalists. What do you want? It's like they're having fun. Who cares? I don't know. That doesn't bother me. Um, although Shannon Norman did write, are you recording this episode on an Edison phonograph cylinder? Nice burn. <laughs> Very funny. Um, eh, which Does anyone one? have any actual gripes for Mumford & Sons? Or is Let's this? See here. Um, there's some legit commentary on it. I don't know if they're gripes. Go ahead. Um, Kevin Frolic says, uh, first album, incredible start to finish. Second album, tries to be the first album. It sounds like the songs they left off of the first album. Third album is God Awful, the electric guitar fueled rock album. Uh, and that the must most be recent one, Minds, yeah. And the most recent one is so aggressively okay that it'll be heard in doctor's offices waiting rooms for years to come. Well, that is a solid review from Pitchfork. For <laughs> yeah. the, so Pitchfork but, gave the third album a two. Yes. I'm, so nobody liked the third album, which I love. Oh really? I don't love. So Did I like the album. I think you left it off the playlist. No, I didn't yeah, do yeah. any. I didn't. I have no songs from Wild. So I don't love the album as much as but i like the risk that mm. they did going away from their producer from the first two albums they said it was a natural progression they say this song is a natural progress or they say this album is a natural progression and i love i love any band that ever reinvents itself um i love bob dylan for doing it i lo- like i think it's such a cool i think it was so cool of them to try and some would say not succeed with Wilder. What? Yeah, they took oh, a big swing, swing, and they could have. Con- they could have. And the new one, by the way, is closer. I'd say stylistically to the third one than the first two. Mm-hmm. And Delta, it's Delta. It's doing really well. Um, it's critically acclaimed. It'll get a bunch of nominations for things. Yeah. I think. And like, yeah, they they made this hard not crossover, but they made this hard progression. And this one, Mumford Marcus says this is pretty. Heavily R and B influence. And what I almost sent you was, he said, "There's one R and B. If I find it, will you play it?" They yeah, said, yeah, "There's yeah, one R and B song where." Um, While you look for it, why don't we play the song you gave us off Delta? Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. And then I've got a couple more uh, Facebook things that are sure, I think sure, are interesting. Caitlin Grissom uh, writes: "There's a vague romantic misogyny set slash slut shaminess to the lyrics that I can't quite describe, and that just makes it more annoying. It's like Lacroix." flavor amount of sexism like i just feel like if you dated the singer he would ask you to never mention your previous boyfriends i don't know i I wish that there was more caitlin write into us and give me more of uh, could you be more elaborate i've never heard i've never have to know exactly what you mean to 
have that be you know mm-hmm. I've never right? heard that I don't take know. on Mumford and Sons to I, be honest like, I'm not say, I'm not saying I disagree I haven't listened to them enough to to know but uh, a lot of their stuff just sounds a little bit un, not specific to me but apparently I mean I don't know it seems like the guy has a nice relationship with his well, he's wife married to Carrie Mulligan yeah yeah is he from uh, oh, uh, I, like I, I first saw her in uh, they, Education sure. but she isn't uh, um, this is the song it's by a R&B artist named Jai Paul, with not that many listeners, but the song's called Jasmine. And so, like, uh, yeah, yeah, the song's called Jasmine. I don't really... I wonder if... It's, yeah. But, yeah, you know what I can see? I can see the, a little bit of the impact of this on Delta. I'll fast forward. See, like, I think these guys are genuine in trying stuff that they... I think R&B has had such a effect on, on uh, popular music. Like electronic R&B has influenced a whole bunch of these like art pop bands that are really popular. Definitely with, 1975. Like, yeah, definitely the 1975. Yeah. I mean, and like those guys are really like hardcore influenced by like D'Angelo and sort of like early 2000s Kanye, and like I think that's become. I think that's sort of filtered down to a. Um, it's interesting what filters down to to the mainstream because like Mumford and Sons is the filtering down of the old Crow Medicine show, and like the filtering down of like um, uh, you know T Bone Burnett, um, very niche like Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack mm-hmm. type stuff, and sort of the distillation of it in a popular style. And I think you know sort of like mm, electronica type music like Gary Newman I think has had a who's like a you know eighties. Uh, electronic artist from the UK is very niche. While you're talking, this, some of this uh, oh, yeah. guiding light, guiding lights off Delta. off Delta. This has done really well. This song is great, by the way. I really like this one. But hear that little backbeat. That little backbeat. That's you know. When I heard your This is what they did in Wilder. This is what they tried to do on the mm-hmm. on the third album, and this is what they're doing to reasonable success on the fourth album. And I bet you they, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if they're if they have left behind a lot of you know the four string instruments 
in you know eight to ten years. Like I love any I love any band that takes big swings. Well, you have to also. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of, you're kind of a screwed if you do, screwed if you don't. Because yeah, they kept yeah. making that album again. People just keep saying they're making that album. Exactly. Yeah. Whoever yeah. said like the Interpol second did. album yeah. was the first was the first out. Like I, yeah. the second album was the one that went. At, Babel went absolutely stratospheric. Like Sign No More. Yeah, it was, was number one. I think. Yeah. Oh, it debuted the, number the one. Next, it's the fastest the selling album in the decade. Went number one. Did Wilder go I number one? I believe it did. The second definitely did. The second was. The second was absolutely mind blowing. Well, I will when it wait. Came it was out. such a big hit too. That was everywhere. Oh my god! It was inescapable. But it was. Yeah. It was completely inescapable. But nobody. Wilder debuted at number one in the UK and the US, according at least according to Wikipedia. Oh, I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's and, true. Uh, Babel uh, became the fastest selling rock album of the decade. Totally. Wow. Babel. Babel was the. I think Babel was the. You know. Their produ- Who is their producer? Marcus. What's his name? That I do not. Marcus Dan's or Dav's or something. He was he produced all the good Arcade Fire stuff we love, and and he uh, worked with them on the first two albums, and he absolutely nailed their sound, which is just like oh Marcus Dav's. Yes, yeah. he 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 sort of um he sort of I guess subtly shifted them. It feels like towards a more distilled, um, a more like poppy Americana, mm-hmm. and so Babel was just ba- Babel was. Everywhere, like yeah. they were the biggest band in the world for a few weeks, for sure. Yeah, like they were the undisputed champions, and I genuinely think that um, that they're good, that they're good artists, and that the and that the stuff and that the stuff stands up and and, and holds out. And so, um, I'm I'm excited for their fifth album, which is boy, I I didn't realize how much I liked them until I was like, <laughs> until I was like listening to them. I also think you can make me defend almost anything, so maybe there's there's some of this, but this is I will wait. By the way, I'm just gonna play Huge these hit. while we talk because we're we are running out of time, unfortunately. Sure. You're nodding your head listening to this. <laughs> Great harmony. Days of dark, wish we'd known, we'll blow away with this new sun. Says this song presented a huge challenge for the band and producer Marcus Drab, uh, Marcus Drabs to wrestle it into a shape that they were happy with. Marcus Mumford recalled to the BBC, "I remember Marcus Drabs sitting on the end of my bed in a residential studio in Paris, going, "Come on, mate, just come on!'" <laughs> and I was like, "No, no, no, I can't do it again." But we just kept going and kept going, and eventually got there. Wow, what a riveting nice. story! The bridge of this is amazing. I want to fast forward to the bridge. Take it to the bridge. <laughs> I wish it was just that. <laughs> Every bridge becomes that. Take it to the bridge. I thought it was shocked that they don't 
black or 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 like uh, accusations, I guess, for being Jesusy. Yeah, I mean that's some of the comments on this stuff. Really? Yeah. Well, I, it's just that it's because uh, they're vague. It's the same thing with the political shit, where it's like they're so vague that it's hard to nail it down sometimes. But for me, I hit pause. I shouldn't hit pause. But oh like, no, no, for, that's alright. For me, like I think. Uh, like when people would really hate on Creed for being Christian band, like they don't ever, they didn't ever explicitly use the word Jesus. Like I think I've heard Jesus in in some of these in some but of these Creed's songs. Symbology was so obvious though. Mm-hmm. Oh my, my god! Sacrifice. Yeah, the yeah, music yeah. video for for um the music video for Higher by yeah, Creed yeah, yeah, yeah. is ab- has someone done a Creed episode? We did yes. do one. Yeah. Oh and also, my goodness! And Yorba will be defending Creed this show. weekend, January thirteenth at Union Hall. Uh, you need to listen I've, to. Uh, Scott Stepp's solo album is very overtly religious. I fell into a Creed wormhole on YouTube a few uh, oh, not, yeah. on YouTube and Wikipedia a few weeks ago, and like there were a whole bunch of Creed doesn't suck that bad articles, and then yeah. there was one gleeful profile when there's a detail that sticks out so so broadly at me, which is which is Scott Stapp. the the art the journalist says Scott Stapp pulls out a vape and he says if. I'm going to vape unless you're going to write about it. To which I responded, I'm definitely going to write about it. <laughs> and then Scott Stapp put it back. Like, that's sort of the attitude, which <laughs> yep. is like, yeah, yeah. Scott Stapp vapes. That's all you need to know. But here's <laughs> 10,000 other words beating the shit out of Scott Stapp. Do you know Scott Stapp tried to kill himself and um, someone saved him? A famous rapper tried. A famous rapper saved Scott Stapp. R. Kelly. Talked about that. No, it's not R. Kelly. Speaking of someone who should, I will wait. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't like any of these jokes. By the way, that documentary horrifying. I, I have not seen it yet, but oh. I am, and I probably won't. I was yeah, never an R. Kelly watch, fan. Everybody should watch it. Yeah, it's fucked I, up. I love an episode of your podcast devoted to R. Kelly. We will well, not do you're that. You're not gonna get it. <laughs> really? That's our new catchphrase. I can't you're wait for a comedy spinoff where I where I will be defending William H. Cosby. <laughs> I was at a table a few weeks ago, and someone's like, but the, the comedy is great. And I was like, it's not anymore. Yeah. The lie of omission seems pretty huge. Uh-huh. But yep. like, but yeah, for Mumford, in terms of like, <laughs> to, so hard segue <laughs> back to Mumford. <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> Any crimes that Mumford has committed. I mean, like, look, they are, they, they do, I, I couldn't believe how much hate they got when I started reading when I started reading about them online, like there was, there are articles like, "Don't let Mumford and Sons trick them into liking you." They yeah, have a video saw that. Saw that. Saw that. Fork, Will Forte and Edhamson. Uh-huh. Oh, really? This is hold on to what you believe. Hold on to what you believe. So, is this only live? This song? I had trouble finding it. Oh, on Spotify. Know. The only version I could find was this version. What is this from? The Shepherd's I, Bush Empire. Yes. I can't promise you that I won't let you down. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, you may not know this one because I, I only know this from someone else's playlist. It's from Sino More. When you're oh, it but it's a deep cut and it's a live, it's a live favorite. Like the fans, but we like uh, open flowers in the wind. Like this they get also a lot of flack for their literary references. For being well, like, influenced by like Shakespeare, Shakespeare and shit yeah. like that. The city breathes the plague of loving things more than their creators. One thing that I find really hard to translate from live to album is the the horns that you hear at a at a live show, especially for a revivalist band or an Americana band. A horn section is so huge. There's no way to really. I've never heard it sonically. 
like goosebumpy in a, in a car on an album or something like that. This is another one that could either be about a girl or God. They they ride the line on that a lot of times. I don't I don't think that they're I don't think that they make religious music. I do think that they tend to go for. I don't even know that what the songs are about matters so much as who the songs are influenced by. Uh-huh. Like I think a lot of their music seems to be subtle subversions of, of stuff that that would really feel comfortable coming out of a sort of like old Crow Medicine show album or a T Bone Burnett album. Like I think mm-hmm. a lot of their like I've never like some bands. I'm like, oh, I wonder what the song's about. But with a Mumford album, yeah, they all the, the lyrics are actually vague. That I think that's something that that they get. That you could that you could conceivably give them flack for, but that's something that I personally would give them flack for. Sure, I, I, you know I talk about it on the show a lot. I, lyrics are big to me, so I'm a little, I'm a little lyric bitch. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like the I like the heady, and I like, uh, but some of their lyrics speak to me and stuff. But uh, little Lion Man the, in the cave are huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those but were it's also the way that they do the pickups on their voices. Mm. Do it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think they've got I think they have a few Ivor Novello nominations for great for good writing. The writing uh, is the writing is critically is critically acclaimed. It's just not been It's also critically shit on sometimes. That or at least sure. their newer stuff. That was one of the articles that I was just reading. I like a lot of it, but yeah, it's a little bit up for interpretation on some of these. But I know I I typically enjoy it i enjoyed a lot of this playlist um lyrically and just it's it's fun music i i don't i don't give a shit that that thing at the beginning that we played i just like hearing that stuff but i don't think that just because you can copy what somebody does means it's bad like i don't think that just because you find the formula means it's a bad thing but i but that's what i I don't think these are i think i don't think they're copying a formula but i think they're firmly in a tradition like i would accuse the lumineers of copying a formula to be honest with you like that to me is but i like if you like the people that i would put close to and i'm not saying that the lyrics are bad i'm just saying that like are you are you a fan of the National? I love the National. So I love the they're National. They're one of my favorite also. bands. Yeah, and I think they, I think like Mumford and Sons, and I mean people would probably go crazy hearing this, but like, I think the Mumford Mumford and Sons and the National tend to the National writes in a much much ostentatiously funny they're, way. In yes, the they're funny and like that's I mean the National is classic what I would love because they're so lyric heavy and that guy's voice is the, a major part. Yeah, yeah. it's so good. Like oh I mean I love that stuff, but, but it's like, also funny and like I I just think that guy's a genius. Matt uh, Berenger, yeah, I think yeah. His name is. But like I don't think Matt Berenger and Marcus Mumford. I think they share a bunch of similar influences. Uh-huh. I think that they've probably you know would both say that they're in different directions. Yeah. But like I I really feel like you can draw lines. You can draw like bold lines between between the people that have had an influence on Mumford and the people that have had influence on Matt Berenger. And like I do. I do think that they grew pretty organically out of love of 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 similar music. I remember I that's not an original thought. I remember hearing that on a on like a podcast uh, recently, like a uh, yeah, heard an I heard on a podcast or like a or an EVR radio show a little mm-hmm. while ago. But like, yeah, I I think that there there are some people who really get into the lyrics of Mumford and Sons, but, but Mumford and Sons. But like, I, I'm not 
I'm not one of those. Yeah. Those I just want to say so nobody annoys me. It's Matt Berninger. Oh, or, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I knew as I was saying it, I was like, I, something's well, I just, wrong here. Just so people don't give a shit about it. Um, Stay out. Super. That scene from The Fighter. So good. Or not for The Fighter. Um, have you seen the movie Warrior? No. I never saw the Tom Hardy movie. Tom Hardy movie, one of the most underrated movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Is that good? It's so good. Wow. It's by the guy who did Miracle, Gavin mm-hmm. O'Connor. And, uh, and like, by the way, I'm saying so much underrated or maligned stuff that people are just going to be like, this dude's taste is really shitty. <laughs> but, like, I also, like, uh, you know, I don't know. But, like, they're, they're, really, they're really solid. Uh, they're really solid movies. And there's a scene that's completely scored almost by the nationals um about today uh-huh and it's uh it's so so i'll play it for you watch in the podcast. Just that, yeah, yeah yeah just that scene i want to point out really quickly before we wrap up i've never seen this before but on every one of uh mumford and son's youtube videos there's the top comment is this band called smith and thel uh, and the comment is, if just one person reads this, it'll honestly make our day. We are a folk pop duo from Sweden, and I know people will write this write this all the time, but I believe we'll be the one you're happy you'll listen to. Uh, if one person can give this a thumbs up, you'll be one step closer to helping a band's dreams come true. You, normally, those comments don't have any... He, this is 500 like thumbs up oh, this wow. gets sure. on every one of them everybody like, this is give great give it a thumbs up give it a thumbs I'm up I'm going to give right you now. a thumbs up guys I respect I, respect I will the never hustle. listen to your music but I will definitely <laughs> give you a thumbs I, you up You know what next episode we're defending Smith and Thell um, God but they st- they are crazy. they had they completely restarted interest in a dead genre like Elton John reinvigorated the like piano people like Leon Russell totally and like you know like there are a whole bunch like Eric Clapton has revived so many so many bands that were like dead and genres that were dead and like these guys totally did that for the like I would say that like Bob Dylan was helped by Maggie's Farm as like that Maggie's Farm in the Grammys in 2011 as as Mumford and Sons were because like like these are these genres have like they faded from like this tent revivalism totally faded from American um, popular music charts like no one cared and then they were the fastest selling band in a decade because people wanted that music back and like it sounded new to people who hadn't heard it before so like yeah that's my alright we have heard the arguments of Alex Edelman Tommy what do you think of this playlist uh, I think it was great I like Mumford and Sons I, uh, I'm gonna give it a four I'm gonna take away two points one for each time you vocalized that you didn't like a riff of mine <laughs> and uh <laughs> Okay. I, <laughs> I was being I, I was being facetious, I but I can't break care. I, I don't. I resent you more you for t- making me for making me say that I did like oh, them. He'll keep going down. <laughs> uh, quickly, Mr. Edelman. Quickly. Uh, <laughs> it is funny though because I, I think it's more hack to not like them than it is. People I agree. think that they're hack, but it's actually hack to be like they're the hipster, you know. Band. And it's really I think it is a lot based on the way they dress. And, yeah, uh, I love those. I mean. Dave and Lil Line Man I, are still bangers, and uh, I like those a lot. And uh, I will wait. I think was just overplayed, but I when you agree. listen, when I listen to it now, and I haven't heard it in three years, it's like I, oh, like yeah, the it's good I forgot that it wasn't from Sino more, and that made me annoyed because it did feel like the same thing to oh, me it almost. Um, it does. It feels like exactly like I the think other the first two albums are very cohesive, very cohesive, yeah. and if anything, Babel's a little more distilled. Than I want to read from Facebook real quick. Uh, real sure. Quick. I mean, are there any really one. great comments Brand- on Facebook? Well, Brandon Kirkman said something similar to what you said, where it's like, I don't know if I hate their music more or all the open mic comics who use their name as a punchline from 2013 to yeah, 2016. Really? 
So yeah, it's 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 like hacky to to hate on them just generically without actually talking about it. I really like some of this, and I like the guy's voice a lot. I like their sound. I, like I said, I don't disagree. Like I, I don't think being able to copy what they or being able to replicate what they do is a, makes them bad. But I didn't love all of it. I, I think I'm. I was gonna go. I think f- like four point two five. I think. And you know what? I'm gonna fucking stick with that. All right. <laughs> Why not? Four point two five. What do you yeah? What do you give the playlist? Out of what? Six. Out of six. Yeah, that's what I thought might be the case. Because <laughs> you took two away and gave me a four, and I've listened to previous episodes where you've, I just want to be. What are you a careful. math wizard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give it an eleven hundred. <laughs> uh, I. Hmm. Mumford and Sons. I give it a. I give it a five and change. Okay. Um. I'm going to be like, six, they're perfect. But I'll give them a five. But but what I, I really like is how consciously they work towards new shit. And I really like, I, I have a soft spot for anyone who is ambitious and trying. And I have a soft spot for anyone who's trying. Like anyone who's trying and trying to. It would be one thing if they were just like trying to make big sounding arena stuff. Like the accusations some people make about like Coldplay or, or yeah, like other yeah. popular stuff, but like I truly believe that like the music they make is like who these guys are, yeah. And like their natural progression of like the stuff they love, they're, it seems like they're a really good amalgamation of the stuff they love, the stuff, the stuff from the scene that they came up with, and the stuff that they're trying to get to. So that is why I would give them five and something. All right, perfect. All right, this has been a great time. Thanks so much for coming yeah, thank on, you man. For coming. You want to plug stuff again? I'm um, sure the Virgil on uh, the Virgil in Los Angeles on the 30th of January. The um, the uh, San Francisco Sketchfest on the 26th of uh, the 26th of January. My name is Alex Edelman, and you can find me on all various forms of social media. And it's not been announced yet, but I'm doing the Kennedy Center on March 7th. Holy oh, yeah, shit. that's incredible! That'll be fun. So Kennedy Center and so, hey. in DC. So. And you're at Alex Edelman. I'm at. Alex Edelman on Twitter and at Tweet the Alex Edelman. Tweet us your thoughts on, on Mumford and Sons, and if you if you had a good time listening to this, give them a little shout out. You know, we if, like our our guests. To get I'm that. so curious to hear what people have to say about Mumford and Sons. People, yeah, yeah, we want some interaction. We've gotten the, and also tweet us at uh, Stand By Your Band Pod, I believe, or just Stand By Your Band. I can't remember, but um, yeah, I always uh, we look at those. It's a fun time, uh, and hey, maybe we'll start a little go fan see page. Tom's go see Tom's uh, half hour run in blue. Oh yeah, oh my god, go see that. I'll also be taping my half hour special. Don't watch New that. Orleans. Like, <laughs> New Orleans, uh, January thirty first. So if you're in that area, come hang out. I'll be doing some shows around that area. That'd be cool. A couple days before, uh, come see me and Tommy's live stand by your band, uh, Battle of the Bands at Union Hall, January thirteenth. Tickets are still seven bucks right now. They're gonna go up day of get them soon because i think it's going to be packed um hell yeah hell of a lineup tommy anything else you yeah, want to check my website for dates hell and, yeah. Uh, yeah i'm excited thanks for listening to the episode guys uh get on uh the patreon if you're into that sort of shit you piss freak uh hey keep it crispy bye <laughs> k-rock <laughs> uh-